Hey, all right, this is Tim Crispin. You're listening to Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brandon Kelly. Brandon, what's going on, Bubba? How are you? I'm pretty good, man. Um, I am, for the first time in a long time, I have traveled someplace and I am with my brother at his house. And uh, I haven't seen him in over a year. And it's really, really nice. And um, just kind of reminds you of the sort of everything that we've kind of just decided we couldn't do. Well, not decided we couldn't do that. We've been unable to do for the last year. Right. Uh, uh-huh. I, sorry. I don't mean to like give agency to um, idiotic notions of just like, well, they say we can't do this. Uh, <laughs> you know, Way to fall for their ploy. Yeah. Damn right. Um, yeah. But so, um, I'm here. Um, I'm pretty happy to be here. Um, and also, this morning I watched this movie. The movie's called White Boy. Uh-huh. And it's a documentary about White Boy Rick. Rick? Rich? Rick? Rick. White Boy Rick. Uh-huh. Who is this dude. He's from Detroit. He's like a... I guess the really shorthand way to say it is drug dealer uh-huh. um, uh, put in jail as a drug kingpin and um, kingpin. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to give too much of it away if you don't know the story, you know, uh-huh. but like it has some fucking twists and turns. I mean, it's one of the most compelling stories that I've heard in a long, long, long time. Um, White Boy. There's a Matthew McConaughey movie. There's a dramatization of it, which mm-hmm. uh, I've not seen, but by all accounts is not good. Hell um, yeah. And then there is a documentary, which I have seen, which is fucking amazing. I mean, they're interviewing a dude who has murdered over 30 people, confessed to, served time for, mm-hmm. uh, and and just like show he's like this is what happens when you your life is violent look that's an ak scar in my arm here can't move this hand at all this and he pulls up his shirt and it looks like he's had like 12 kids like he's just like <laughs> it's like this the scarring is so bad he's like that's from a shotgun blast like it's it's crazy it's cra- it's the movie is crazy it is peak detroit shit and it's about like a literally like a 14 year old white kid that was in the newspapers as the main kingpin of the Detroit, like cocaine scene. And um, as it happens, wasn't quite exactly how it went down. Um, weirdly enough. I mean, like you've got these FBI agents and they're like, there were no white people in any of these gangs uh-huh. uh, and cartels at all but uh <laughs> suddenly there's a 14 year old white kid and he's the kingpin you know it raised a few like red flags but then it turns out that they're full of shit too. And, like the whole thing is great it's great I, I can't recommend it highly enough it's a wonderful wonderful uh, highly chilling piece of <laughs> piece of cinema <laughs> well i texted you about it this weekend but i finally checked out that i spy podcast Got a lot of work done around the house with that podcast. Oh, it's good, man. 
It's you know what? It's not totally dissimilar, except for this is told from the perspective of a bunch of like very apoplectic lawyers, um, and then also FBI agents. They're like, yeah, I don't know why we did that. That was bad. I don't know. <laughs> Oh. They're like, I've got qualified immunity, so I, you know, I just, oops, yeah, right? <laughs> Bummer for that guy, you know? <laughs> well, goddamn, and I, of course I listen to your other podcast with Matt Marty. They come to America. I was whisked away to Idaho. Ah, Ohio yes. The past yes. Weeks. Uh, two, two episodes that I think are uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um uh, yes, in in um in Idaho, we we're joined by Ben Sir um, of the wonderful rock band Worst Days Down, and of the uh, incredible and incomparable uh, venue in uh, in Edmonton, the Buckingham, the Buck on White, as it's sometimes known. Mm-hmm. And um, for Ohio, we're joined by the. Um, incomparable Lydia Loveless, um, and it was a incomparable. She, I, she's her her music is so beautiful it like hurts my feelings. Like I yeah. <laughs> last time I went to see her, she covered fucking uh, "Sorry" by Justin Bieber, and I cried. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so angry that you did this to me. <laughs> like you took that song and made it so beautiful that I a like. 44 year old man well i was probably i was had to be in 42 or 43 at the time who does not cry mm-hmm. um is now in tears in public in a place where like a lot of people know who i am great thanks that was nice of you to do uh, <laughs> so yeah um both both episodes feature some stories that will I think truly boggle your mind, whether you're looking for a cop getting vaporized by potatoes or um, somebody signing Prince and the Revolution's guitar against their will uh, or um, uh, somebody putting shit into a freezer and then fucking their friend with it. Uh, it there, there's something for everyone uh, in, in, in them episodes. There's gold in those hills, as they say. <laughs> Did you see who was on Better Yet this week? I did not. Who was on Better Yet this week? Johnny Resnick. Ooh, no shit. April Fools. (laughs) I am the April Fool. What was it for the morning, though? It was fun to just post... That I had Johnny Res. I recorded an intro and everything, but actually, I uh, Chris Gethard on, which is kind of. It's probably like a better interview out of Chris Gethard than I would would say. (laughs) Yes, I I would definitely say Chris Gethard at least is like a like one of our people. He's a human being. We got a Patreon, Patreon.com slash Better Sandwich, where (laughs) shit, we dropped another demo. Quiet Storm from the Tinkler sessions. Goddamn right. Yes. The mighty Dan Tinkler um, engineer to the stars. If you're of the impression that we are stars, Um, which you should be. Um, (laughs) Damn right. Yeah, that's right. You know, if you 
scars have a long time to burn. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, <laughs> You're still looking bright over there, my friend. And our Patreon is a real cool place for you all to hang out. In fact, we originally planned on having these conversations about these final slapstick tracks over on Patreon with our good friend Rob Kellenberger. But <laughs> we just got to hanging. And it was so much fun that we never really got around to the actual business but that conversation is available for your listening pleasure that's a lot of fun and you can sign up seven bucks a month and you can hear us talk to a bunch of cool homies like dan andriano also of slapstick yeah that's true also dave haas of the falcon and probably he's done other things um also dan andriano of the Falcon, um, probably some other things. Um, we've oh, talked Dan to... Andriano, Valkyrie Trio. Oh yes, Dan Andriano, Valkyrie Trio, also in the Falcon. Um, and um, did you know he was in Slapstick before he was in the Falcon? I hope to find that out today um, on this very episode. Uh, um, you know, uh, um, um, Brian Fallon, who a future Falcon member. Um, uh, Greg Barnett, future Falcon member. Mm. Both of them have said they want to be in the Falcon. I'm trying to figure how, out how to get them into the Falcon, like without the Falcon turning into some kind of like crazed monster that's like, hey, there's nine of us and eight of us are guitar players and frontmen. So I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, if there's room for me in the Falcon, there's room for Greg Barnett and there's room for Brian Fallon. That's real goddamn sure. So like a combination traveling Wilburys and the Ringo Starr all-star band. Ringo Starr also uh, had a conversation with us on our Patreon, patreon.com. That's episode. true. That's true. It was crazy when he told us about how he fucked Tom Petty. <laughs> I mean, fuck him. I guess he just sucked his dick. Uh, you know, but uh, that was great. Um <laughs> wild that that was two years ago too okay. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah i know how time flies <laughs> so last week we talked about news from yalta and now we're gonna go back some 20 years and talk about some slapstick songs that were meant for a second lp is that right that is correct yeah we we went into this we recorded this first batch of shit as a batch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that lowly of it, actually, but um, <laughs> sounds funny. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> we recorded this first fucking complete <laughs> satchel of turds uh, with the understanding that like, we'd finish the record at some point after that and i think it was intended to um kind of like wet the whistle of maybe epitaph or you know that was like when i've told the story on here before but we we'd, we'd been talking to epitaph about being like one of the first bands on hellcat after we'd played with rancid and tim armstrong and i had a connection in a mutual friend and um so uh, actually the rancid element of that story was left out 
Did you did you hang out with Tim Armstrong? Uh, not really. I mean, I've hung out with Tim Armstrong, but it, uh, man, I don't like want to talk out of school, but I don't think that I am when I say like nobody's really hanging out with Tim Armstrong. I believe <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, like he's 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 a very singular kind of dude, and uh, he's for better or for worse. And I'm definitely not trying to talk any shit at all. Like just, we're not the same kind of dude. <laughs> like, I mean, I wish I was more like Tim, um, in almost every way, but yeah, like he's a millionaire. Um, he doesn't care about a goddamn thing. Like, uh, he, you know, he 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 can write the best songs in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's in Rancid. Like, hey, yeah, I, I'll take all of those, please. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but but the uh, yeah. So we, my girlfriend at the time when this was all going on, was his ex girlfriend, mm-hmm. and we played a show at the Riviera it was slapstick um rocket from the crypt and rancid damn and uh and I'm talking to Tim he's like yo I think I'll start on a label you guys are really great I would love to have you guys on on a label you know and I was like holy fucking shit like first uh, <laughs> I don't even believe I'm talking to you. I'm uh, such a huge fan, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Second of all, duh. Yes. Well, the, the, any, any, whatever you want, man. And, and third, I think you know my girlfriend Heather. And he's like, "Yo, Heather's here," and just pushes me aside. <laughs> just like run, runs out and then <laughs> like grabs me by the shoulder. Uh, pretty much throws me to the ground and then just like takes off looking for his old lady, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's a fraught, uh, it's a relationship fraught with weirdness. <laughs> it's not exactly, uh, acrimonious. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I, I liked him, I, but like you hang out with Tim Armstrong is like not an accurate way to put it at all. <laughs> Man. Crazy how like anything and everything about that dude is totally believable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I like I, I don't know, like I'm not now this is talking out of school, but like Fat Mike told me one time that he was like over at Tim's house and he's like, Dave, it's how this what it, what it, what is this? And he's like, oh, that's, that's my million dollars. I keep it under my mattress. And he's like, dude, you got to get a bank. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't trust the bank. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> and I mean, uh-huh. but, and, and I mean. Like, what's he going to do? Just like put that money in a sack and ride his bike over to the bank? yeah yeah i mean okay if that motherfucker can ride a bike i could ride a fucking polar bear you know uh 
All right. By ride, I mean sit on his low rider bike and use his feet to just walk yeah, yeah. the bank. Yeah. No, listen, I'm, I'm, now it sounds like I'm talking shit, and I'm really not. Um, I admire Tim Armstrong so greatly, and um, uh, he's a hero of mine and a brilliant songwriter. And uh, yeah, so we thought that we were going to be um, the first band ever on Hellcat, even before. Um, uh, uh, the, they put out that fucking comp. Give him the boot. Give comp. him the boot. Yeah, yeah, and um, and um, I don't know. Like at a certain point, I think I just got so disenchanted with being in slapstick mm-hmm. that it made me retroactively be like, "Fuck this! Fuck these millionaires and their fucking big label!" And I'm too punk for this. And I blew up the whole thing, kind of. Uh, not to say that those dudes couldn't have done it without me, but I think that I was the impetus to like, when I quit, Dan also quit. We had been talking about it, Dan Hanaway. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, and then the band from there turned into Broadway's and Tuesday. Right. You know, you know, and, uh, and, and like, it, it, it's funny because like, I love being in the Lawrence arms right now. And I can't imagine being like one of those old dudes still playing ska that I wrote when I was 16 today. It sounds awful. Um, and I, I didn't think at, after these first six songs that the songs we were writing were very good. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any real regrets except for I think I was just being kind of a petulant little shit. And I regret that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like the way it turned out, I love it had to be done, but it was like it was done at the expense of like my character a little bit, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. You know, and and uh, like still. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say it haunts me, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but like it, it, it doesn't feel good when I think about it. I'm just like, ah, it's a real dick, but there was no other way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think the, kind of like one, when Heather broke, uh, uh, <laughs> Tim Armstrong's heart, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, really, it's just like, it's high school type of, shit that happens it's something that like everybody goes through as an adolescent where you you know you make a break with someone and you don't like the way that you handle it you break up with a partner you don't like the way that you handle it um yeah happens to be your band yeah exactly and it, it's i don't know i don't yeah i mean i think that's about as honest of a way as i could describe it like mm-hmm. I, I did it at the expense of my character and I regret that, but I don't regret doing it. You know? Yeah, totally. So it, it, it is interesting kind of the way that it plays out. And I find it funny, you know, having the conversation that we did last week with news from Yalta and having those songs come at the end of Metropole when 
the slapstick discography comes out, these are the first six songs. And I think that these are easily the most popular slapstick songs. They surpass the LP most definitely. Yeah, well, you know, like slapstick was a young band and um like so and and they didn't the LP was already out, mm-hmm. you know. So like look it as an LP yeah. was out for I don't know. I mean well, you, was, you, what I'm saying is that's out in ninety five. The discography, the complete slapstick yes. man puts out comes out in ninety seven. The first six songs are the last right. songs that you recorded. Right, except for what they were was the new shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. when you get to the discography, it's like you 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 stack it and like we were a band that like when we hit that stride, we were like kind of in our prime for those six songs. And then mm-hmm. and then we kind of exploded or I exploded us or what I don't know. I mean like uh I don't know, I don't want to take too much credit for it either. That's the other thing. Like uh <laughs> you, you know, like I'll take all the blame, but I don't want to take all the credit. Right. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like I don't want to be like, oh, it was so important that uh you know, the band just couldn't possibly go on. It's like it 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 it, it was just this is what happened, but um yeah, but those songs were like us at a time when we were really kind of hitting our stride and 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 like it was when we we knew people were listening before a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like we didn't know that there was like people in Arizona that knew every word to every song, you know, and then we did. And then and like whereas I think sometimes that can like be a crippling influence um for us it was really like oh fuck yeah let's do let's do our shit now and for those like first six songs like i mean there's a lot of fucking around on there that is like so fun but it's also still like really really like punk rock it's like you know when you think of like a fun ska punk band you think of like i don't know like fucking like bucko nine or mustard plug or some shit like that which Mm -hmm. like no disrespect to those dudes but like it's not the same thing and it's like this is like aggressive punk rock that then just every once in a while it's like you know like and and it's just like and and i think there was like a, a playfulness to it it was also undercut by like particularly me and dan hanaway and dan andriano becoming like the main songwriters at that point mm-hmm. um which is like very different from uh when we did the look at lp it's like me and dan and dan were starting to write more songs and all three of us were like well we're very serious songwriters you know uh-huh. but also hanaway still had to put like the best fucking horn parts in his songs that he'd write because he was yeah. the horn player. And so it didn't like, he's not like, he's like, I'm not going to write a song where I don't like, where I'm not the standout thing, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, like the, the trumpet player doesn't write a song without a great trumpet part in it. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. The, the first three songs on this thing are that LP doesn't contain a horn part that comes close 
to what's on the first three songs on this discussion. No, that was, I mean, that was just like such a well-oiled machine at that point. And it was like, at that point we had toured, we had seen all these other bands with all these other configurations of brass, you know? Uh Um, And I guess like a saxophone's a reed instrument technically, even though it's fucking made of brass uh but 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 you know what i'm saying and um and we had come to the conclusion it was like we have the only good horn section like we're we're the best horn section um Mm -hmm. and i mean no uncertain terms we are the best ska punk band in the world like the like every single one of the six of us would be like, oh, Scott Punk, best band, us by far. <laughs> like, unless you want to count Rancid, which is disingenuous because they are mostly right. a punk band, uh-huh. they are better than us at Scott. Uh, they're better or, or, at everyone than at, at everything. <laughs> yeah, right. We're Operation Ivy, but they're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, but like at the time when it was, we're talking about the third wave of Scott. You know, obviously, we're just talking yeah. about contemporaries and stuff like that and and we we're like yeah that like we are the best and i think that when we put out the look at lp and um saw people react to it the way they did mm-hmm. it confirmed that to us and so when we wrote these songs it was like from the perspective of like yeah we are the best we can We'll fucking show you what this could sound like, yeah. you know, a little bit. And which is funny because I mean, were we the best? Yeah, I don't know. Um, like that's so um if you if you tell me we were, I'd I'll be like, thank you, you know. <laughs> but I mean it's like really pretty arbitrary. Um Yeah, and I think your attachment to the genre uh doesn't exactly position you in the spot of like compiling a list of like yeah, I'm no, like let's let's break this down like, yeah 100 percent. yeah i mean I, I just i'm just talking about like the useful hubris of the time not like really my opinion now mm-hmm. but like it but we i don't know how you can't not be sorry to interrupt but i don't know how you can't not be fucking so cocky being in this band when you're all teenagers oh that's the thing we were yes <laughs> yeah yes yeah. very much so and, and yeah and we, and we were like uh, yeah we're the we're the best we're, we're like we're much much better than you yeah no no that was a good show really nice try you know uh <laughs> like that kind of shit which is now funny because that's the kind of shit that we say the lawrence arms mm-hmm. like when we play with people but it's a joke <laughs> you know like We'll play with the Menzingers. We'll be like, really nice try. Even though they're a spectacular, amazing band that I shouldn't even be allowed to know. <laughs> but it's really funny. to, you, you, But it's like totally coming from that place back when like, uh, you know, me and Matt and Dan and Dan and Pete and Rob thought we were like the kings of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that holds up the most in the horn section because that is true they were the best horn players they were the two best horn players 
and it's the best configuration for a ska band, trumpet and trombone. And they work together so well. And they both were consummate professionals in terms of writing and transposing and understanding. Like Rob would be like, what about like, and like, they just play it immediately. You know, like it was and the way they played off each other. That particular melody, I should clarify, was written by Dan Hanaway. Um, that's that's from a the song we'll probably talk about, but uh, that that was, uh, but just the, I don't know, man. Those two are magic, man, and and they're great singers, both of them. Mm-hmm. Every, everybody in that band could sing, except for me. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah. I don't know, man. You kind of touched on this, but I think that, like, one of the first things that I wrote down, um, getting ready to talk about these songs in particular, was just how palpable it is that you have clearly been playing in front of crowds, and these songs are so, like, man, the, the parts that are in there are meant to make the crowd fucking do this thing, or this thing it's all like yeah i think exactly how this shit's gonna work when it hits i think that i think that a lot of that is still the old puppet master matt stamps um Mm -hmm. like i think that i think the parts you're thinking of are parts that like he arranged like in pretty much every song uh, uh, whether whether or not I wrote it or Dan wrote it or Dan wrote it or Dan and Rob wrote it. I'm, I'm trying to think of like who wrote the songs. Like I know I wrote everything in one, all the words and melodies in another. Um, I mean, I wrote all the words on this. Like, no, except for uh, no, I didn't. Sick of this place, Dan Hanaway wrote the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I learned, Dan Andriano wrote the whole thing. Um, so when you say stamps with the arrangements, like I don't disseminate that a little bit from like wrote and then arranged. Uh, well, okay. First of all, it's like him and Rob were always in the lab, like fucking around with these songs. You know, and they're the guitar and the drums, and that's what a punk song sounds like. Yeah, sounds like guitar and drums, right? And so, everything that we'd bring in, well, first of all, I mean, they had you know stuff that they'd bring in as well, like uh, Metalhead in the parking lot. I wrote all the words and everything, mm-hmm. except for Rob wrote the chorus and Rob wrote the outro, Rob wrote the the parts that you you know and like uh i wrote the parts that are non-memorable at all uh every part in that song is memorable but continue but like so they just sit there and blast through all the songs Mm -hmm. and get them to like working order i guess you'd say Mm -hmm. you know they were like mechanics like we'd bring stuff in and they'd be like you should be like, okay, yeah, we got to figure it out. Let's play it. And then it's like, they drive. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and like, uh, there, there's not, there's not like really a lot of room to be like, that's eh, not exactly, but th- their, their choices were always artfully rendered. So they're, they're, there's not really much of a, a reason to combat said choices. If that makes any sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you come in you're like, Oh, this isn't exactly. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. You know, this is exactly what I wrote. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, cause, but, uh, but yeah, I mean like those dudes, the pop sensibility on Matt Stamps and Rob Kellenberger is, I mean, Stamps and Kellenberger could be like writing songs for fucking Kesha right now, you know, like they're, they're so, it's like, you've never seen anything like it, man. It's like, it's in their veins to the point where like, if you do something and it's not good, it makes them go, Oh no, 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 no. How about we just do this? And it's like, they just thought of it in like one second and then that becomes the thing. And then it's like, Oh, that's the best part of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how good they both are. I feel Uh like metalhead in the parking lot is a really great example of just like so many little things that happen in that song. Just like, I mean, the, the intro, just the strumming pattern when, uh, when it kicks in, it's small details like that. It's totally like post linoleum, right? Like, like, you know, it's, uh, but I mean, like that was who we were. We were kids then, you know, and like no effects was like our fucking heroes. I mean, no effects are still my heroes. Uh, but like, yeah, that what that's probably the most popular slapstick song. Um, and be, right? yeah, I think so. And and it's like, <laughs> I, I I just remember, um, when when we did it, and I mean, like we're 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 playing it, we're trying to figure it out. I was like making all these fucking weird decisions about how I was going to sing it and stuff. And like, I decided after, um, after the beginning of the second verse, I was singing it clean because mm-hmm. like, because I think let's talk more rock had just come out. And I love like slightly insane on the 18 North main, yeah. you know? And I just, I wanted to like do that. And I like always like, that's how I sang before I was in slapstick, you know, cause I was impersonating Joe Talcum from Joe Jack Talcum from Dead Milkman. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I want to get back into that. And that's like my first time like dipping into that, like in like a, on a world stage or whatever. I don't know if that's, that might be a little bit grandiose uh, <laughs> on, a, on a stage as anyone saw. Uh, but, um, Is that Dan also singing with you in the bridge, the clean vocal? But the wasted time, wasted. No, that's Robbie. Oh, is it? Yeah, he Dude, wrote. What a fucking star! He wrote that. Yeah, and he also wrote. It was a scary to me. Uh-huh. Like he, he, he was like, "This is what I'm hearing," and we were like, "The fuck? That's 
Yes. Yes. That, that'll, that'll do pig. That'll do, you know, like, <laughs> like, uh, uh, like Jesus fuck Christ, man. Yeah. Uh, got anything else in there that would be good. And he was like, well, I was thinking this for the outro and like, um, dude, what else do you have in your soul? Fucking crazy. Like genius bot. Uh, <laughs> Because so he's the one who I think also decided that the intro should be the fat rec speed. Mm-hmm. You know, like after dun, 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 dun. like I think it was him that was like doo, 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 doo. I think I, I I could be wrong about this. This might be like, you know, the sea bubbles in my brain again, but uh I kind of feel like we were playing it and he just did that and then everybody just kicked in super fast and it was like oh yes that's how we do it and then it went tick, 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 and then back to the sky and we all thought it was funny i am not positive that's it sounds like something i'm making up uh like but it also sounds like something that rob would do and it sounds like something that all of slapstick would do so it's at least a good enough story that it's um it's true to form, if not uh, to life. How about that? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, but yeah, he did, he he wrote all the good stuff in that song, um, and, and and like those like jumps and stops and starts and everything like that. Mm-hmm. What, what, the, my big contribution was I titled it, uh, <laughs> which movie I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Uh, what? Yeah, I think, I think that. Yeah, yeah, because it was kind of about like, uh, and I think that when I did title it, it was like, <laughs> I, man, again, I, I feel like I'm just like making shit up or something, but. I feel like it was late enough. Like we were broken up already. Mm-hmm. And I think that stamps was like, what's, what's the name of this song? You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, there's a metalhead in the parking lot. How about that? There you go. <laughs> you know, like, just like, sort of like, cause like this. <laughs> cause, cause like, there's that one dude who's like, fuck Madonna. She's dick. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> punctures for the moon. You know, and I was just like, ah, oh, it looks so scary to him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so not a lot of people know this, but the uh, the original lyrics were, um, it looks like Gary to me. Wait, um, really? <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 really. It looks like. <laughs> You know, that looks like Gary to me. That's your friend, Steve. Looks like Gary to me. <laughs> uh, Gary Glitter, which is uh, a, a, great, a great look. No. Yeah, that's a bad Gary. That's a bad Gary. <laughs> when it comes to Gary's, he's one of the worst. It's true. It's true. Bad man. He's, he's bad froze. man. Oh, Gary Glitter's bad. Gary Indiana's bad. 
Uh, Gary Delabate is okay. I like him. Um, Gary's got a bummer. producer of the Howard Stern show. Sure. One day we should do a Patreon episode where you just Gary's explain to me Howard Stern. <coughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But people say that he's a genius, and I don't. It just seems like mm-hmm. a pervert to me. Yeah, I mean, that is what people who don't listen to Howard Stern think. Um, And I I don't mean that even as like a a dig, but it's like, I think it's really easy to get like a, like a little blood test to Howard Stern and be like, oh, this guy's just like a misogynistic dickhead and fuck Mm -hmm. him. And, you know, and what he's doing is so far from that. It's like, He's so incredibly subversive and um, intelligent and just like, I I think he's the greatest entertainer living right now. I mean, he's, he's a genius. Um, But uh, but yeah, I'll do that. I'm happy to do that. I, I could, I could spend all day, <laughs> unfortunately for you. Patreon.com slash better sandwich. So uh, is, this, is the story in the song true? Getting locked out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, the whole thing is not one time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, there's not much going on. It's like I got locked out of my house. I saw a homeless guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the whole song. They, 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 we've we've covered it all, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> and and uh, I, I think the chances that it all happened on the same day are, I don't know good i didn't write it as like a specific i just remember like using me getting locked out of the house and like having to go to the train station because it was cold um as a jumping off point for a song and you know in a neighborhood and um at a time when um there was a preponderance of homeless people around the north side of chicago so Mm -hmm. Uh, that that part I mean I I don't have like the specific memory of like looking at a dude and being like someday that's going to be me if I live that long but I have that memory like sort of generically of that all the time (laughs) (laughs) you know so uh, I I mean it's, it's really hard to explain like what a different place Chicago used to be particularly in terms of like they're just like the homeless population and like the sort of vibrant homeless population and the the homeless population that was like not tolerated but like looked past nah man like kind of like loved a little bit 
Not mm-hmm. loved enough that you get a house or any help or anything. <laughs> God yeah. forbid. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I was just a kid, so I kind of like washed my hands of that. But uh, but like, but it was like, yeah, we love the guy that drives the bus. We love you know this dude in the burlap sacks. We love uh, <laughs> this like fucking sixty year old crusty punk with the three foot mohawk. Like mm-hmm. you know, like it. it like we love Daryl, we love Hans, you know, like like it, it was just like Yeah. Like everybody knew these people and they were like neighborhood fixtures. And I think that they God, this sounds so exploitative. Got by on their quirks. Um mm-hmm. you know, like it was like, oh, I love this dude. I give him money and like those homeless people seemed like they ate, you know, and were, were clean-ish, cleaner than I am now in the fucking pandemic, I'll tell you that. And, and, and it was... Ever since last week's show, listening to it, trying to shower every other day. I'm, I'm <laughs> doing it, man. I'm doing it. I was like, oh, no, I don't like that that's out there. Mm. But... Yeah, I showered yesterday. That's why I look so handsome today. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, so that was just such a like marbled into the fabric of my existence thing. The the, the homelessness that like I think that the 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 story in the song was like got locked out. I had the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I live with my mom so it's not even like it's just like oh she's at work <laughs> you know what I mean? like, I'm just cold and I left my keys in the house like that I mean that's basically the whole thing but like I also wrote it backwards around it looks so scary to me yeah it looks so scary too it looks so scary to me Right. I like, you know, I had to like, what, what looks so scary to me? Oh man, that homeless guy. Oh, you know what, man, I was locked out one time and like, yeah, you, you know, like it, it like goes that direction. Mm-hmm. If I don't know. I think that that line, like it en- encapsulates so much for this band in particular. It's, I mean, all all the songs that we're going to talk about are just like about youth, but that just that I don't know, man. This this shit just makes me feel fucking good. It makes me feel like a kid. Yeah, I mean, it is youth core, like to the nines. Like there is nothing in there that is not like we're young. Um, these are the problems that we have being young and we don't want to not be young. We want you to fix things. <laughs> you know, like it, there, there is like a petulance to it all. Um, it's like, it's the petulance of youth. I mean, and like, you know, the, we reunited when I was 19. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah. And that show in particular, that shows on YouTube and the fucking place is going crazy for these songs 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a. Uh, it's a really. Maybe it's not that weird of a thing. I think a lot of people get into bands that are regionally popular that never like do anything mm-hmm. too much. You know, like I remember there was a band from here where I am, St. Louis. Um, that ME three thirty used to open for, and they were just fuck. I can't remember what they're called, and I don't feel like I'm going to, so I'm going to stop trying to think of it. Um, but they were huge here, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. 2000 people a night or whatever. And then they never did anything. So it's probably not that special of a thing, but it no. was, it was wild. And it was wild because I think, cause we were on like the forefront of like a musical revolution thing. You know, like where like third wave of ska was like coming in and we were like one of the granddaddies of it. And we were in high school, literally. And what like and the best at it, you know, <laughs> so like and, and so in that way, it was interesting. Um, and then it was interesting that we just like dropped it off. <laughs> but that was, again, my fault. Uh, I'm a real asshole. Um so the park also fucking opening up with those horns. That's what Dan Hanway wrote this, hundred percent of it, and yeah. and then like you you listen to it and you're like, oh, this is totally proto honor system, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, like I just remember when he like started playing this that I like I, I'm getting like literally tingles in my legs just thinking about the beginning of this song, like. Oh my god. Is this uh, I mean this song is so what's the what's the opening line to this song? Oh I remember sitting in the sandbox. Now realize it was how life's supposed to be. I, I think I think the the B going up, <laughs> that was my addition to the song. Mm-hmm. Like uh how I supposed to be, and then it when just I, fucking goes. When I look back, it seems so beautiful to me. And then, and then, oh, you know what's funny about this song is that uh, Andriano, because he was like, he was like halfway between like me and Dan Hanaway being like, we're taking this band and. <laughs> bold new very punk directions oh. and and uh you know matt and rob being like we have a very popular band and we're doing a really good job and we actually know what we're doing uh <laughs> you know like <laughs> it's really like me and dan hanaway were like the children that were like you know what would be better for dinner um frosting uh <laughs> <laughs> and and uh and Danny Andreano was in between kind of in my uh like I, I don't want to say memory like that's the way I perceived it and mm-hmm. so he would like get in with the um the Matt and Rob 
stuff. And like, obviously they went on to be Tuesday, you know, but he would also be like, I am feeling this. And he would do that. So beautiful to me. Right. And, and Dan Hanway hated that fucking melody or harmony rather. And Dan Hanway was the kind of guy that like, I don't know if you've ever had a friend like this. I've had several friends like this where it's like, he's just got such a charismatic personality, but he only wants one friend at a time. And he just like cycles through you all, you Uh know? And so like, it's like, you're his friend at one point and you're on top of the world. And then the next week it's like, it's Mark is his friend and they're motherfucking you, you know? And then the next week it's like, Eric and then they're motherfucking you and Mark and then it's you again and you're like fuck uh-huh. you Mark and Eric you know <laughs> like like I, 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 I like I don't know if that makes sense but like it's it's something that's happened to me several times with uh, my friends um, actually Dan Mark and Eric uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> But like, um, so this was at a time in, in in my good graces with Dan Hanoi. Um, you know, he's like, I hate the fucking harmony. And we'd be on tour and we'd like, every time he would sing it, we'd look at each other like, what's he doing? You know, and <laughs> like, and just, and, and, and then, eventually one day i don't remember like me and dan got in a fight or something dan andreano and i and or i don't know we were just talking it was like we you know me and hanway hate that fucking harmony you do in, in the park and he was like why wouldn't you just tell me that you don't like it and i would change it to something else and i was like I'm such an asshole. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> but, but oh my god. You're carrying on for how long? Just being like, oh, oh just oh, staring at each other on stage for a year of touring. I mean, like, you know, like it just <coughs> he's doing it again. The part that he, the part that's written into the song. How I don't fucking predictable. It, it was I it was like again, in retrospect, just shameful behavior. Uh but you know kids, but so like that. Thing that I really remember about the park, in mm-hmm. particular, is uh, when we got into. I want to be a kid again. I want to play in the park. I want to play in the park. And then, I kind of like changed that melody a little bit from what Dan was doing, and I did. I want to play in the park. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and it, it was fine. It sounded okay. And like a little craggy and shitty because I'm, I'm 
you know, like at that time I couldn't like hold a note. I like, I was still like singing with my throat instead of my diaphragm. And, um, and then Kellenberg is like, I'd like to try a backing vocal. It comes in. He's like, I want to play in the dark. And the whole thing like comes together, like a bad religion harmony. And we're like, Oh fuck. What did you do? <laughs> like it, it was the most like, it was like, you know, Rob's family is very religious. He has like something like 12 brothers and sisters. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, and they're all like musical geniuses, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. And, and um, <laughs> it's easy to discount God as like a, a, a thing that you make up. But uh-huh. man, when Rob came in and sang that, it's like, all right, well, you know, maybe it's maybe God. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds a lot better than anything any of us would have done. Uh, oh, man. And the whole thing was just so elevated. And it's like, and you hear the final results, and it, it is, it's like not out of place. And that's even what makes it more of a masterwork by Rob mm-hmm. is that it. it's not like all of a sudden it's like, like like a like a bunch of organs blaring or some shit like that. Yeah. It's like he managed to take this like really craggy vocal part that Dan Hanway wrote and that I executed in like a you know just enough like a, of my like own dickhead way to like make it like a little tiny bit my own. Mm-hmm. And then he was like put this over it and it gave it this like crystalline like chef's kiss perfect timbre that was like dude i don't know i mean that part is one of the best things on that entire discography i think yeah it's really really and it's all rob kellenberger well i mean give it to hanaway give it to kellenberger they wrote it and made it respectively Uh through the breakdown in this song is so good too that pause is like just long enough what do you mean oh yeah. oh junk 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 yep uh-huh. I, I didn't know if you meant that or if you meant i don't know why it's so hard because <laughs> that, that that pause is so funny and me and dan used to do that together too because we'd sing and we were right by each other on stage so it's like his mic is right by mine and he was singing a lot by the end. And we would always do that. And we go, I don't know. And then we both like shake our heads to the, like to the one side and then come back. And But it wasn't like in a, a boy band kind of way. It was more, it was punk, but we were both doing it. You know, uh-huh. I, I don't, I, I don't uh-huh. know. How, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. You're not like, you know, back to back but there is oh like a... i mean i love that shit now uh-huh. like back to back type shit but it, it was just like it, it's kind of the same thing where what song is that what's the lawrence arm song i wish i could contribute here because i have no idea what the no I, I no no i know but yeah I see the madness in his face, mm-hmm. deep behind his lacquered eyes. 
right. real. <laughs> that I guess like yeah. like like we and and me and Chris both like come back and then come back, you know, and it's mm. like. Wow, I can't even remember those words now. Man, we got to get out of this. I need to get back to knowing these songs. My brain is turning into fucking flan. Uh. I just want you to know that I'm your biggest flan. <laughs> Sorry. I am biggest flan. But yeah, uh, yeah. So, and, and like that whole thing, like, I mean, the, is it cheese dicky as shit? Mm-hmm. This entire song, I mean, is so cheesy. It's crazy how cheesy it is. But um, I think that I want to play in the park part makes up for the whole rest of the song. And also, like, the, the horn parts are great. But I mean, like, that whole thing, like, I don't know why it's so long to hard to get along these days. It, like it, it reminds me of just like shit I don't like anymore. But uh, at the time, it was just really unusual, and especially in ska punk, you know, yeah. um, like this song was. I would say something that people like our contemporaries looked at and were like, Ooh, that's, but that's another, like, it's not like a a higher level, but like a different level of what Mm -hmm. we're doing. Like that's, that's something else that's going on there. And, and I I think that was, that was cool. This song had a lot to do with that. The park by, by Dan Hanaway. Yeah. Um, 18 it's it might be my favorite slapstick song what's the what's the influence here because this is like this is some pretty like traditional sound in ska so this song this is an interesting one this is matt stamps wrote this to have a traditional ska song he felt like we were getting too far away from ska and I I'm speculating but I would guess it's because me and Dan and Danny were writing these punk songs that were kind of cluttering the record <laughs> you know and he was like we're a ska band I started this band we're a ska hey um assholes I me I uh I, like have I not shepherded us this far which 100% reasonable thing to, to think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so he wrote this song, but um, I came into practice one day and and I remember I was just like, okay, yeah, let's do this. And they just started playing and I started singing and he was like, the chorus sounds pretty cool. What are the lyrics? And I told him the lyrics and he's like, yeah, and it was just like something I'd like made off, made up off the top of my head. Like uh-huh. while I was in the room, you know? 
Mm-hmm. I know a girl that's in the south, the kids on my street. Freedom was her name. Where did she go? Where did she go? Um, and he was like, oh, shit. Like, visibly surprised that I had come up with something that, that quality. Um, <laughs> and then we were like, kept working on it. And like, and I, I think I even went into the corner of the room and like wrote down words like in a notebook. Uh-huh. Um, and then we were we were like playing through it again, and for the and he's like, okay, you know what? I want like a, and he's just like such a like good like. I'm sure his kids are like perfect because he's just like such a good dad, such a good cheerleader. He was like, this is great. You've done a great job. But I think for that pre-chorus, we need something that's really awesome. Like a melody that's unexpected. And I was like, well, here's what I, here's what I have. Um, and I've been singing it, but, and I go, well, I left some before I turned 18. And he goes, Oh, wow, you're going up like that? Oh, that is an awesome melody. Never mind. Everything's good. And, and like, it, it's like one of the happiest, like, like, uh, I don't have a lot of times when my dad told me he was proud of me or anything like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh, uh, it was, I was like, it, it was like, so this song is like, has a really special place in my heart, too. Um, because like I did, Matt and Rob wrote the music, but I like wrote all the words and melodies in it. And, uh, it's one of the few times that I think since like the beginning when I came in and they didn't think I could do anything. And I, I guess showed them otherwise for lack of a less shitty sounding term. Uh, that that uh Matt was truly like impressed with the whole thing and like not even like wanting to inter- interfere with it at all. He you know yeah. like he he tried to interfere and then he heard what was going on and he was like nope yep that's great and it was uh, yeah it was this sounds like special to me for that reason. That's a really, really, really nice story. Um, I think that, like, I don't know, when you're encouraged to that extent, especially when you're when you're young, that shit fucking imprints on you in, in such a way. And man, that's that just sounds like so genuine too. That he's like in a position to encourage you but he's also a part of it oh man fuck yeah no it was it was nice i just remember like the the chorus like i I sang that and then like that kind of everybody was like yo that's the chorus fuck you know Uh you know and then with the bridge he got took me aside or not the bridge, but the pre-chorus. I was like, I think we need something a little cooler. I was like, well, this is what I'm doing. And yeah. I know I just said this story. Um, 
<laughs> and it was just really, um, it was really fulfilling to me that when he heard like the nuance of what I was doing, that he was like, oh, that is exactly the kind of thing I was thinking of. And it's really cool. So, yeah. That's nice when someone makes you feel special. I mean that genuinely. Um, um, yeah, this song, I think just like, there's really something in that line, like freedom was her name. And this being like, you know, a more traditional ska song. It just makes me think of, you know, the like kind of ethereal aspects of reggae and ska. Yeah, I think that was kind of a little bit, uh, you know, like there's so, God, it's like really disingenuous. It's like, it's like the second I start thinking about this, it's like, no, but no, but no, but um, uh-huh. it's like, Yes, who who is like our greatest influence? Jesse Michaels. What is his greatest influence? Two Tone Scott. You know, and we, if not Two Tone Scott, as well through Jesse Michaels. You know, so like in, in a very real way, I think he has as much to do with this as anybody. Um, but yeah, I think that there was. There's something like in the making the traditional music bed, right, um, of this song. And then, of course, that like inspired me to do something that like had that kind of traditional fucking vibe to it. You, you know, like, and whether that tradition was the tradition of you know, Desmond Decker or of the dude that's only like four years older than me in a band that broke up two years ago. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, like that, I, I think, I think the, the general vibe is right. Like the intentionality was to like lay it back a little bit. And this one is cool. This is one of my favorites too. Um, maybe my favorite. I don't know. Were you like, you know, part of the thing with slapstick is you're sort of getting away from just Scott in general, but this to me feels like in a weird way, it would be something that, I could see you liking more than the other stuff that you were doing at the time. Does that make sense? It's a hundred percent, but you know what? It's because the song is just better. Yeah. Than most of those other songs. I mean, if I'm thinking, this is the best song on, on this six song thing. And it's just a good song, you know, like when people are like, I like everything, but country and hip hop. And it's like, but don't you like straight out of Compton? And they're like, well, yeah, that's not really hip hop. And it's like, but don't you love Jolene by Dolly Parton? It's like, yeah, that's not country. It's like, okay. You, good songs are good songs. You know, like, like you, like you don't. And, and, and so like this, 
And this does, like, I love that, like, the vibe of Ska. What I don't like about Ska is everything else. Um, uh, and, like, and what I mean is, when I came up, it was like a third wave, like, the like every improv group got some saxophones and like became ska bands, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, like anybody that's like, there's nothing wrong with ska as a genre. There's something very potentially irritating about ska punk. Uh, yeah, that that I um, dude, I'm I'm an, I'm the fucking exception that proves the rule. Like we're a fucking awesome band, <laughs> and uh, and we stand out for it. You know, <laughs> like uh, Scott sucks, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> This is our podcast. It's called Road to the Skeleton Coast. And uh, it's a goddamn pleasure every week to talk with you, Brendan. Is this starting to like become less and less of a pleasure every week? No, it's <laughs> it continues to shine brightly. Uh, and we're really thankful for all of you for, for joining us. Invite you to come back next week and to tell a friend about the podcast and rate and subscribe on your podcast player of choice we have a patreon patreon.com slash better sandwich we've got some demos over there some cool conversations occasionally we break off into just talking whatever we feel like i really want to do this howard stern thing i've been thinking about that lately but I don't know. It seems fun. I'd love to. Um, either way, we'll be back next week. We look forward to it, and we will see you then. Thank you, friends. Bye. Ready?